Welcome back, church family, to this episode of The Deeper Podcast, where we're going to have a discussion over what does it mean to follow Jesus. And this week, we're joined by a regular and a new new guest. So our regular, we've got Bill Horn. Bill, welcome back. Thanks. Glad you're here. Good to be back. And then we've got a new guest for the podcast. We've got Bob Stoller. Bob, welcome. Hey, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Bob, you are our global outreach coordinator, for those that don't know. So you have worked at Washburn for your whole professional career, and now you're kind of phasing into some retirement there and ramping up here at the church. So what what does it look like to be our global outreach coordinator? Well, it's a, first of all, it's a real blessing. I'm so glad that uh, uh, it's worked out to work with you that way. But I'm very involved staying connected with all of our missionary partners. So we've got mm, 15 or so partners we support around the world and uh, uh, staying connected with them, encouraging them, and working uh, with others in the church to help the rest of the church body learn and know more about God's work around the world. So if people are wanting to understand how to get connected into God's heart for the nations, you're the person that ultimately they get connected to. Absolutely. I would love to talk to anyone and all. That's some of my funnest conversations are meeting people that just come up and say, man, I really, in some cases, wanted to go to the mission field. In other cases, how can I pray for missionaries? How can I get connected and be involved? Yeah. And what I love about our strategy at Fellowship is it's not just going. People can be involved, like you just said, through prayer, through caring for our missionaries, uh, through welcoming refugees and international students. I mean, there's just lots of ways that, that people can be involved. Yeah, right. Not everyone's called to go. Let's be clear about that. But yeah. everyone is called to be involved in God's work around the world, and, and there's a little spot for you. And we just had our outreach vision refresher, yeah. and it was very positive. We really um, just – it was a really good night. But one of the things like I brought up is that we are on a positive trajectory of where we're going with mobilizing our church. And we talked about, so when did this energy and you know movement start to happen? And people said, it was probably about four years ago. And I said, Bob, when did you start in your role? And he said, about four years ago. And I said, I think there's a correlation between the two. So thank you for your service. You volunteer in all this. Yeah, it's great. It's it's some some of the best time of my week. Yes. And uh, part of what I think drew you in is not just your heart to see God glorified among the nations, but you liked the idea of being able to travel with a purpose. Um, And you just went on a trip. So um, tell us about your trip. Sure, sure. I've done lots of just personal travel, which... You know, sometimes can feel a little self-centered, but yeah, traveling for God's work is really such a blessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And plus you get to see the world. And yeah, we just, uh, a, a small team has just returned from Sierra Leone, Africa. Uh, most of you will probably remember when we did the large addition to our church, the promise was made that 10% of those funds would be set aside to build churches around the world. We did about 15, 14 churches in different countries, one of which was in Sierra Leone, where we had a... a a friendship relationship with the local pastor there, Warren Fornaz, the local pastor. So uh, he's been wanting us to come. Uh, they've been using the building for a couple of years, uh, but uh, we could finally travel. Yeah. And oh my gosh, um, <clears throat> let me first say that Sierra Leone is a country that's about 90% Muslim, so yeah. it's a, a difficult place to be. And and economically, the average uh, Sierra Leonean uh, earns $2 per day. Okay. So think about that in contrast to our, our life. But uh, when we got there, oh my goodness, we drove up to the to the building on one of the most bumpy roads I've ever been. On. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness! And, uh, Sounds about right. There, there must have been one or two hundred uh, youth, children, 
uh, ready to do a parade. And wow. they did this huge parade where we were marching down the street and the drums were, uh, different instruments were playing and they were just screaming and celebrating. It was such a wonderful event as we came around the corner and there was the new church building and uh, it was just a special moment. Yeah. And then uh, uh, while we were there, uh, there were a series of meetings. There was a special meeting on a Saturday. Joe, Joe spoke to a group of local officials and, and uh, pastors. Uh, we went to the church service on Sunday. On Monday, uh, there's uh, Pastor Fornaz also leads a seminary, a small seminary there in, mm. in Freetown. And uh, he invited in roughly 300, uh, again, different pastors from around the area, plus the students and uh, Joe. And one of our one of the missionaries we support, Ernie Fry, was on the trip with us as mm. well. Excellent. So it was just a, a wonderful experience. I didn't know that. Yeah, wonderful experience. Uh Bill, would you just pray for the church in Sierra Leone? Yeah. Right now? No, tell me the name of the church. It's it's the Wesleyan Church in Lungi, Sierra Leone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for Pastor Fornaw and uh, the ministry he's doing there with the Wesleyan Church in Freetown. And Lord, we pray that you would just continue to uphold them as uh, they are lights in a difficult place. And we pray that you would give them strength in the face of persecution and opposition, uh, that they would just continue to be faithful witnesses for your gospel there in Freetown, and that you would use them mightily to expand your kingdom and draw people in uh, who are far from you and who are looking to other places and um, just not trusting in you. So Lord, we pray that you would just bring many to you uh, through the ministry of Pastor Fornaw and his church there. Uh, we pray that you would just help them to grow deep in your word and uh, grow deep roots, and that you would just give them continued strength and endurance and uphold them, that they would be lights uh, in cities on a hill there in Freetown. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, Bob, thanks for that update. Sure. Bill, thanks for the prayers. Well, let's turn the corner now and get to some questions about the message for this weekend. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 19. Joe's going to be preaching about that and answering the question, what does it mean to follow Jesus? So I'm going to read verses 13 through 15, and then we'll have some discussion over that. So as I read it, be thinking about what are the things when Jesus is inviting his disciples to follow him? What are some of those key elements? It says this, And when he went up on a hill and called to him those whom he desired, so that being Jesus calling his disciples, and they came to him, and he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. And it's going to go on a little more to describe um, the disciples and apostles and what that looked like. So here's my first question for us is, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And I, I really like how this progression is going within the series of last week, Brian just talked about you know, uh, Jesus' invitation for us to follow him and what does that look like? What does that entail? And now we're going to kind of continue that progression of saying, okay, this whole series is titled Follow Me. Jesus is calling us to follow him. Like, what, does, what are some of the elements that this looks like and what does that look like in our life? So as you look at the passage and just even think about this, what does it mean to, to follow Jesus? Well, I think, you know, you talked about the two sides of it. There's the, the be with me, the go with me sides of it. So, um, so one is we, we can't really, we don't have anything to offer if we haven't been with Jesus. Yes. You, know, you hear elsewhere that, um, you know, in Acts, like they, 
were noticeable, the disciples, and it was noticed that they had been with Jesus. Yes. You know, that was evident in their in, lives. Yes, in Acts. It, it's early in Acts. I, I can't know. remember specifically okay. where. Uh, but just that that statement has always stuck with me. Like, is my life... Kind of like Moses, too, right? When he, right, yeah. At the like burning the, bush, they yeah, could tell. The glory on his face that was so much so that they had to veil it because it was yeah. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... But that's literally uh, not going to be us. Yeah. But yeah, then the um, But just that it's... Is my life marked by evidence that I've been with Jesus? Uh, that's a question I ask myself a lot. Um, and so, and you know, we'll talk about that later, what that looks like. But I think just partly just being with Jesus. And then when we are with him, then we have something to offer. And it goes along with, you know, the John 15 picture of like abide in me. Yes. Uh, and then first John kind of continues that discussion, but just are we abiding in the Lord? Remaining with him is what that word uh, kind of means in common language. So are we staying with him? Are we remaining with him? Are we abiding in him and finding our source and our roots in him? And so when that's the case, then he bears fruit in us. That's the Mm -hmm. other side of that John 15. And so that's kind of the going then. Uh, How are we taking that to the world uh, around us? Whether that's our, our homes, our neighborhoods, our cities, you know, going to Sierra Leone uh, around the globe. And, uh, being witnesses to that uh, as we go. So I think those are the two things, but it's really, I mean, the picture is just taking up our cross and following him, you know, so just Mm -hmm. laying down our lives, seeing what he has for us, what he wants for us and from us as followers of Jesus and what, you know, doing whatever that is that he's called us to. So for some, it is uh, taking up and leaving and going around the world and moving our families and, and serving him, in the nations, uh, physically, some of us, it's giving of our resources and our time to facilitate that happening for others to go. Uh, some of us, that's giving of our time and energy to do that right here and now in Topeka and in the surrounding areas. And some of us, that's serving in our church, you know, or a combination of all of those things, you know, but it's, uh, what is he asking from us? And, you know, that's kind of the thing. What is the call from him on each one of our lives? And yeah. it's going to be a little unique. Yep. There are going to be commonalities for all those things like the be with me and go with me. But what are what are the things that he's asking us to do? And following him means doing those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically. So. Okay, that's a good segue. So if, if what we see in this passage and in other parts of scripture is basically this idea of being with Jesus and then going with him or being sent by him, yeah. then... What what does this look like in your guys's life? Like you just said, it, it can. There's some things that are going to be the same, and there's going to be some elements that are definitely unique in our lives. And Bob, you've had the longest to <laughs> navigate and grow in your process of yes. being formed in the image of Christ. So, what does this look like for you? Yeah, well, I I was just thinking again back to my trip about um, when you spend four days, you're being with. These these teammates. Yes. For four days, all day long, I was with Pastor Joe, yes. and you know it's just different than seeing him for an hour on Sunday morning. Mm. You know, and so do you have any good stories? Like, tell me, <laughs> like, what's something you learned new about Joe from this trip? Oh my goodness! Well, um, hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, we've I, both traveled learned, with Joe. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I yeah. learned Joe was a wonderful and godly man, and this is on video. So Joe, you've there got you it. go. You've heard that. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> if you want other stories, please go and talk yeah, to Bob. Talk to Bob. Pull him aside the weekend. Yeah. But um, 
but it, it is it is interesting, isn't it? You know, we, we can spend an hour a week in church and mm-hmm. kind of know God, I guess, in a, some sense of the word. Uh, but when you're with him all day long and all week long, it's mm-hmm. quite different. And I, as I look back, I think about, um, I, I was a Christian my entire adult life, and uh, I feel like I was intentional and thoughtful about being with God, certainly with my family and, and in my personal time. But as I look back, I think my work life was cut off from that a little bit. So mm-hmm. um, when I was in the midst of work and some situation arose or whatever it was, my first my first thought was not, okay, Lord, help me or, or say a prayer. I, it was just kind of a, it, it was a part of where I really wasn't being with Jesus so much in, in the work day. I was just, I'm a very task-oriented, let's get the work done and whatever we need to do. And mm-hmm. And, and if I have to step on a toe to get there, you know, that, that can happen sometimes. So in later years, thankfully, I hope I'm a, a, a kinder, gentler person there in the workplace. But I think it's just interesting uh, thinking about being with him all day, you know, all day long and not just carving out these little pieces for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of the Brother Lawrence picture of practicing the presence of yes, God. Yes. You know, so... Uh, an ongoing conversation with him rather than, yes. yeah, I'm going to talk to him once in the morning and then right. go about my day independently. And that's kind of the picture yeah. I was having in my head, you know, yeah. with, with a lot of times we go about our work. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's a common thing for probably a lot of people uh, that we tend to go about our work, the tasks that we have to do kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go do it, you know, and it's, yeah. it's not even very thoughtful process sometimes. No, no. It's just, yeah. Uh, and, and God's nowhere in your mind as you go. I mean, it's right. just like, okay. I'm just I'm going gonna, and doing it. X, Y, and Z, and I'm going to check the boxes. And, you know, if yeah. God wanted to intercept me there at step two and have a special moment with the person I bumped into, right. you know, I'm not, I'm not always aware. Yeah. So I think awareness, I think it's, yeah. that's a great word for it. So just kind of being aware that Jesus is in the midst of it. You know, it's not always got to be a... Lord, what do you want me to do right now? But it's more of an acknowledgement, like, you are here with me. Thank you for being here with me. That, that's what it can look like, too. But just even just an awareness and acknowledgement of his presence with right. us and that we are, even what we're doing now, all of that ability is being sourced yep. in him. <clears throat> and uh, it's a continual sourcing, not just kind of like for the big things. You know, it's yeah. the little things. And I think that's, yeah, some of the stuff I've been reading lately just has been reminding me of, how much I need to be more aware of him with me day by day, you know, uh, and even in the stuff that's just menial, you know, working on vehicles or working on appliances at home or on the house or, you know, uh, whatever, you know, the stuff that can be frustrating and just seems like it's pointless or uh, irritations, you know, finding Jesus in the midst of those things too and, and spending that time with him, you know, having that conversation with him uh, ongoing. Yep while that's going on. So, yeah. Uh, one other thing I want to bring out in this conversation is, Bill, we just had a spiritual health assessment yeah. for our church family. Mm-hmm. We had 1,600 fill it out. How, uh, it's nearing 1,700 now. Okay. Yeah, Nearing 1,700. That is significant. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. And one of the correlations that we've seen each of the years that we've done this is that, or you can explain better than me, but basically it's like those people that are following Jesus or we see health and some of the different mm-hmm. key indicators, the two greatest things that will help lead to that is time in God's word and prayer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the things that we know and things that we see in scripture, 
it played out within that mm-hmm. spiritual health assessment. What, what else did you add as you've looked at that? Yeah, so I think it, those are the two things that move the needle the most for um, how much people rated themselves in terms of how much I grew over the past year. So um, we asked some different questions this year, but last year when we asked that question, you know, how much would you say you've grown over the past year spiritually? Um, there was a lot of overlap with that question and other questions. Yeah. And so I don't think we actually had that question specifically this year. So the people who rated themselves as growing the most over the previous year also had spent the most time mm. praying outside of the weekend services yeah. and in the Bible outside of the weekend yeah. services. And so, um, so those two things are things that move the needle greatly for uh, our spiritual growth. I mean, another thing, and you know, this is interesting, but um, people who attended weekly, you know, our weekend services and were um, more regular with their attendance also rated themselves higher in terms of their overall spiritual health or spiritual growth. Um, And, you know, and it follows the line down. So it was um, the highest for those who attend weekly next highest for those who attend three times a month Mm -hmm. and so on. So, yeah. yeah, So kind of their average overall score for the eight categories uh, that was a common denominator yep. there as well. So I, again, it's just if, if we are, I think we could generalize it and just say uh, when we are making our spiritual growth a priority, we are going to grow more. Yeah. <laughs> it's like God's going to use those things that we're participating in. And so it's not like, a, well, if I do this, I'm going to grow more because I'm doing it. It's more when I'm praying, I'm spending time with Jesus. When I'm in the word, I'm, li- I'm hearing, you know, what Jesus did. And I'm hearing, you know, what he wanted us to learn through his word. I'm, I'm hearing him speak because the word is alive, you know? And so when I'm doing those things, I am making myself available for him to work in my life. When I'm showing up, to be a part of the congregation on uh, the weekends and being around other brothers and sisters when I'm participating in community groups. Like all of those things are little things that just are making me available to what God wants to do in my life. And I think that's just, you know, uh, I think a lot of times we overcomplicate things and think I have to do a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, no, it's just, it's simple, but it's just a matter of making those things a habit, making those things a regular part of our lives. So, And the only thing I would, I would add is just, you know, allow yourself to just understand where you're at and just begin there. Yeah. And so um, it's, it's like if you're going to train for a marathon, you're not going to start week one running 10 miles. It's if like you're, the couch to 5K thing. Yeah. You know, you if you're trying to, to lose 50 pounds, you're going to – the best way to do it is to lose a couple pounds a week. If you're trying to grow in generosity, you're not going to all of a sudden you know, give – thousands of dollars a month, you're, you're, you you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want people to listen to this and have, you know, guilt or shame or to be overwhelmed by, okay, well, here's what it's going to take, you know, this amount of time or whatever, wherever you're at, just start somewhere and allow God to cultivate mm-hmm. in your heart as you, as you begin. If it's five minutes in the word, if it's just being more conscious of, you know, when and how you're going to pray and that type of a thing. So allow yourself to just be okay where you're at, but to be intentional to take steps forward to spend more time in God's word and in his presence. Yeah. One of the books I was reading recently, just cause prayer, you know, uh, I don't know if you're anything like me, my mind kind of tends to just go all kinds of places and prayer I'm is, nothing like this, so. prayer is one of those environments where that happens because I'm just, I'm processing my life and then I start thinking, yeah. uh, and you know, my mind just goes all over the place. And, and instead of like trying to fight with that, you know, 
um, sometimes simplifying your prayer can help you just kind of stay focused on the thing. And uh, one book I was reading recently was talking about what's called the Jesus prayer and uh, it's popular in monasteries and things like that, but it's Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. <laughs> and they will just repeat that over and over again. But sometimes the simplicity of that prayer, like it doesn't, it doesn't give me any place to wander with my thoughts. It's really just focused on the heart of the matter. Like yeah. you are the Lord, you are the Christ <laughs> and I need your mercy yeah. in every moment of every day. And so that's been something I've been just trying to repeat more often throughout the day. And sometimes that just, that helps me stay kind of in that yep. kind of availability for him and yep. awareness of him. And it's not, it's like the simplest prayer I've ever prayed, you know, yeah. like, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll do that when I'm working on a vehicle and I'm getting really frustrated. <laughs> stuff's not going right. You know, like Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. You know, like that's the stuff I have to repeat to myself. Yeah. You know, uh, an- so, another, yeah. another thing that does take a little more time, but that is helpful is just uh, being quiet, mm-hmm. being yeah. silent, being alone. And I've been reading recently a, a couple of things in that area where uh, one writer said, you know, first, if you don't get quietness and silence mm-hmm. on the outside of you, getting in that space, you, you aren't even aware of all the chaos and noise on the inside. Yeah. So first you got to get the quietness around you and then maybe through a prayer simple prayer like that uh, things can quiet on the inside and then maybe uh, prayer becomes more uh, meaningful maybe that's how God can speak and we can listen Mm -hmm. and learn and get direction yeah silence and solitude is is powerful and necessary in our relationship of following Jesus. We are bombarded by noise, by distractions, Mm -hmm. all these types of things that will distract us from really hearing what Jesus is calling us into. Absolutely. Yeah. So that same author is uh, talking about that Jesus prayers, Henry Nouwen, and he puts both of those things into one word, which I'm not sure it's actually a word, but he calls it quietude. Oh, quietude. (laughs) I like that. I need more quietude (laughs) in my life. I'm like, yeah. I can get behind that. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so that was an interesting way to combine the two. Yep. But mm-hmm. Let's go to our last question. Our yeah. last question is, which area of following Jesus um, needs to grow the most in your life? So is it that being with Jesus, or is it that um, going with me or being sent by Jesus? Mm-hmm. Which, which one of those right now needs the most growth? Because we all know that both, <laughs> both yeah. are going to be needing growth in our lives, but which one right now? You know, I, I think uh, as I took the survey, yeah. I was I was not at all surprised that the result of my area of most improvement had to do with this this being sent, you know, taking the message to others, sharing uh-huh. the message with others. I I just know that about myself. I'm I'm not real. Uh, I don't know what to say. I, I don't meet whatever stereotype I carry in my mind about. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I should share the gospel five times a day with at least 20 people or something, you know, something ridiculous like that. But but I am trying to become more intentional here in my later years to, again, awareness, be aware of opportunities. But even just, uh, just living that faithful presence we've talked about mm-hmm. in the world works we're in, yeah. I was so blessed a year or two ago when uh, I mentioned earlier that I wasn't sure my my work environment was a place I was the greatest uh, connected with with God, but a student worker that I had long ago, maybe thirty years ago or more, was back in town, and um, 
stopped in to say hi, and and he has a testimony that I'm a part of that I didn't even know I was a mm. part of. Mm. You know, we worked together. I, I must have made some few comments, but something, some tiny seed I planted. He later became a Christian. He's now he's an elder in a church in mm. Washington State, and he sent me a link to a page with all of his messages. I thought, wow, that's I thought, great. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's How awesome. How does this happen? I mean, yeah, it's so uh, cool. But but he. When he shares his testimony, I'm in that story, wow. and I had no idea. So yeah. um, this idea, even though I feel like I've got a long ways to go in the, the sending, going, and sharing, just encourage people, just as you are that faithful presence, God mm-hmm. will God will use you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think for me it's the quietude, mm. uh, to use that word. Um, but just, uh, I think lately... Uh, two teenagers now, they're both running around a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our youngest is starting to get involved in more activities. You know, we, we're wrapping up basketball this weekend. Um, so I think just the running around, mm. you know, people use the word chasing kids. You know, it's just busyness in our lives. There's, you know, we we get home at the end of the day and it's just, all right, time for bed, all of us. Like we all just go to sleep and just we just finished and just – now it's immediate, go shut it down and yeah. go to sleep. So there's um, not a whole lot of waking hours where I'm able to mm-hmm. have that solitude and that quiet. And, um, you know, definition of solitude, I think we've talked about it at some point. I think it was, it might have been in the men's podcast or something. But the idea of solitude, um, a guy named Cal Newport, mm-hmm. I think in his book, uh, Digital Minimalism. Uh, digital minimalism, yeah. He talks about uh, the definition of solitude he was reading in a book. It's just the absence of influence from other minds. You know, so mm. that's not even reading. That's not, um, you know, watching a video by yourself or a movie by yourself. Like, that's not solitude. That's not a lack of input. Solitude is, like you said, quieting everything down so you can process with the Lord what's really mm. going on inside of you. So you're not getting other thoughts, other ideas, other input from outside. It's just you having to deal with what's inside. Yeah. Uh, and and you can only do that with that kind of all that being shut off outside of you. Now, I think there are some books that can help you process and get that going. Uh, but I think there are certain kinds of books that are more devotional in nature that make you reflect more. I think those might mm-hmm. contribute to meaningful solitude, get you, ask, get, get you to ask good questions. But I think largely I just need more time where I'm not thinking about something else and really just trying to process with the Lord where I'm at. So he can do the work. I'd be in the same place as you. Um, I want to make sure I get up so I can work out with all these different things. And then the evening we put the kids to bed by eight o'clock or so. And then after that, what am I going to choose to do? Am I going to choose to be intentional with my wife, to be in God's word, to have silence and solitude, or am I going to choose to watch a sports game or, you know, whatever it might be. And so, being intentional uh, to be with Jesus in, in those moments that I do have some space and margin to do is yeah. what I need to be intentional with in my life right now. Yeah, and it's hard to, you know, you get to a point, I think all of us get through these seasons where you just got to start cutting away some things in order to prioritize the things that are most important, yeah. you know. Uh, you, you just have to give up some things that yeah. you genuinely enjoy. Just like, you know what? I don't have time for that right now. Um, As much as I'd like to do that, there are things that I care about much more, and i got to just carve out the time for those things. 
Um, yep. We'll make the time, the money, the energy for the things that matter to us. Yep. <laughs> what is what is it that we're going to choose that's going to matter most to us? Yep. Bob, would you close our time in prayer and pray for our church family? Absolutely, Lord. Uh, thanks so much that together we can all be reading these passages, thinking about them ahead of time, Lord. Mm-hmm. God, we want to follow you. It's in our heart to follow you, Lord. I pray that you would help our church body body grow. As we said earlier, wherever we are in our walk with you, Lord, may we each continue to take small, steady steps forward in knowing you, loving you, representing you well in the world around us, Father. God, I, I pray for the community group leaders as they prepare and their groups discuss this topic well. Lord, I pray, God, for your, uh, gosh, just for your work, your Holy Spirit to move among us. Father, we love you. We want to honor you and all we say and do, Lord, work that in our lives, I pray. Amen. Amen. Bill, Bob, thank you for the discussion today. This was good. Thanks for joining the podcast. Church family, thank you so much for being a part of this episode, and we look forward to see you all next time.